Let's ride. for service and to your members of your family you did them a service well you did them a great service by sticking around so congratulations to yourself for making it this far so I was uh as I listened back to the last episode I did I realized I was when I was editing it you know the lack of editing I do I realized that I said I'm sitting in my car recording this on New Year's Eve when it's actually Christmas Eve so I jumped the gun so I figured out and I was like, damn, I said it, I got to address it to make sure, you know, I let people know I'm not living in the damn twilight zone and I have my wits about me somewhat. So, yeah, I fucked that up and I'll try not to do that as much on this episode. And uh, I was uh, thinking about what I was going to do for this one. And I should, I'm like, oh, I should do a year in review and get detailed and do all. But I was like, man, I'm not doing that shit. I didn't start doing this until October of this year. So I did, a, you know, like a quarter. And I don't think it would be authentic if I did, like, a year in review. I'd have to do, like, a quarterly review or some shit like that. And that's corny. Nobody's going to do a damn quarterly review. So I just, you know, I think I'll just call it wins and losses. I'll talk about a couple of things that happened, you know, obviously throughout the year. But I won't go in depth and give you my analysis on how I think 2017 went. I'll just do what I feel like are wins and losses. So... I think without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and jump into it. So, uh, wins and losses for politics. I'm going to go zero wins and one big loss. The way people are looking at politicians now, as far as I remember, they've been looked at as snakes. Depending on which side of the fence you sit on, politicians have been looking at snakes and looked at as snakes. Excuse me. But now I think as more people come into awareness and more information gets put out there, whether it's good or bad, like even when somebody gets bad information and puts it out on, you know, on the Internet or whatever, hopefully they're getting checked and being told that's bad information. So there people are going back. Hopefully, I think most of the people I know or I was standing next to are going back and looking it up and seeing what they got wrong. People are becoming more informed. So. The politicians are being called out on their shit more, especially after, you know, the whole fiasco last year with the election and everything and the fallout from that. Politics is taking the big L right now because they're now they're on social media more than ever. We saw it, you know, when Bush became president as the Internet grew in its prominence. And then especially throughout the Obama years and and really now with um, the current president, the Internet is a big deal. And. People are doing more research and people are less hesitant to talk shit about the president. I'll say starting back, we'll say 2008. Since, no, actually, I'll say with President Bush, people have been more and more vocal about the president. Like, but previous to that, it was like, oh, okay, well, you only hear about it, you know, somebody's saying about it when something big happens, but now it's daily. And that's what the advances of the internet and all that shit. 
But people now has like no filter. Like before, when you would be like, oh, the president, I'm not really concerned with that. People like, man, fuck the president, or I like the president, or whatever. Just, you know, depending on how they feel, depending on who's in power, obviously different signs, you know, left and right, leading certain ways. And now it's not a, well, I wanted to see what he's going to do. Now it's like people have no patience. Whoever is in the office is getting roasted by whatever side. But this year, especially with the emergence of so many names in politics, I don't think people were as aware, uh, you know, with the current administration more so, with the Obama, in the Obama years, people were, in the Bush years, people were becoming more aware of not only who was directly around him, but just other people in the circle, in the circle as far as like the uh, Secretary of Defense and Secretary of State, things like that. People were more concerned about that. I guess in my age group, I'll say, because I can't speak for generations before me, but people were becoming more informed about who these people actually were. And they became, these people also became targets. And especially this, this last couple of years, well, this year in particular, where people have been coming at the, the damn press secretaries and the advisors, because now we know who these people are. I don't think people knew as much about um, President Obama and who his advisors were. But with this current regime, people know who everybody is. because, And I guess it's when you have somebody that's a star in their own right and they take up that position, people around him want to be, they're going to absorb some of that, that light or, or and they're going to catch some of that backlash. But when you're already like a superstar and you're putting other big name people behind you, there's going to be a lot more eyes on you. Even like with the, the carousel of people you had in these positions was like immediately when they got attached, attached to the president, they, you know, they got the residual effects of being attached to a lightning rod. I, could, I almost feel bad for them, but I, I really don't. It's just like, how do they go on? Is this shit like wrestling? Or are you just standing next to Cuz because, you know, he's in that position? And then when he's done with you and discards you, you're supposed to go and have a normal life. I don't know if it's going to work like that for some of these people because the attitude is going to be like, no, you stood next to bro the whole time. You were backing him up. So now once you leave this arena, do you go further in life? Can you get other jobs? I don't know. I guess depending on how his uh, administration turns out or how you bounce back after being fired from him. Because like, I don't know what uh, Spicer's doing. I don't know what uh, Samarcucci's doing. I know they're talking to Comey right now. But <laughs> just the people that have been let go by him, I know he made uh, Governor Chris Christie look like a chump. He made, um, what's the guy, Governor um, Giuliani look like a chump, just thinking he was going to have that job, sucking up the whole time. And then only coming to find out, like, nah, Jack, we're not, we not vibing with you like that. And, th you know, there's, there's going to be elections, and these people will feel the repercussions of standing next to who they stood next to, and vice versa, depending on, you know, which party is strong where you're at. We'll see, but I, I say politics as a whole took a big loss because even on the, the left side, the principles that they were holding on to during the Obama years is being was trying to, to kind of be quiet about shit and not put as much stuff out there. That's just out the window now. And they're becoming more more prominent socially, which I think is good because now you have you have um some balance, I guess, as far as people being outspoken, like the Democratic side because they had the incumbent person in office wasn't as outspoken because that shit was all being funneled through the president and the press secretary. Now you have several different senators being outspoken 
and trying to cause change and move things around because they got to deal with this uh this media giant on the other side. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm lying, it won't. It's going to be uh, painstaking. You're going to be dealing with people talking about policies and shit. And if you're not trying to keep up with what's going on, it's going to be boring. But I'm trying to stay focused on what's going on, but not too focused like I was last time because I got burnt out on that shit. Like every day I woke up, I was cutting on CNN and flipping into Fox News and then watching that shit when I got home and I had to take a break. We'll see what happens with these, these uh, elections that are upcoming and we'll see if the effects are going to show if some of these areas are going to flip to blue. But it's only really going to happen if people stop talking shit on the internet and get out there and vote. If you want change, you got to help make it. They finally got something passed, and it was this tax bill, but they're catching hell for that already, that now that they gave themselves these billion-dollar cuts, or these million-dollar cuts, excuse me, how the country's going to respond. But who knows? But I, I'm going to give politics a big, fat L, no Ws for the, um, for the whole year. So I will move on to the entertainment industry, and I just, well, I just do like movies and television, the wins and losses. The losses I'm gonna say I didn't pay attention to. Yeah, I'm only paying attention to the wins, man. So Get Out did well. That was a, a great movie I went and saw. I went and saw that actually. And it's one of the few times I've been able to go actually see a movie because I usually get like one a year, one or two movies a year because you know, I got kids, man. I can't just dip out the house like that. But Get Out did well. Um, Tiffany Hayter showed out. She did her thing this year. Chappelle came back, and he uh, did two big Netflix specials. So there's a lot of Moonlight did well. I didn't see it. Like, I, I didn't see a lot of movies, but Netflix was a beast again this year. They did a, a huge increase in their um, original programming. So there's a lot of people getting look. I think there are a lot of actors getting looks now because Netflix is reaching and getting people that, you know, they weren't necessarily stars. They're getting people that are just out there working, and they're making these great shows because, I mean, who's the oversight? They're kind of circumventing the gatekeepers and putting shit straight out on their um on their uh, their website or their service, which I think is genius. And then they got it to the point now where it's almost like um where it's basically like Tidal or Spotify or iHeartRadio, I think, where you can save the playlist. If you if you pay for the service, you can basically save it and you can look at it offline, which I think was extra dope on their part. The entertainment industry is booming right now. I'll say if anybody's taking the loss. It's probably Hollywood because of what Netflix is doing and Amazon is doing and Hulu having their own original programming. I will say the um, internet-based side of Hollywood is winning. But, I mean, the, the internet-based side, side of the entertainment business is winning and the Hollywood side is kind of taking the loss. They've been able to get actors like Will Smith to come on and do a you know, directly Netflix movie. And Adam Sandler has already started. I think he had a whole series on Netflix. The entertainment business, man, they, they took a big W on the internet side, but on Hollywood side, I think they're kind of losing out right now. And it's, be, it's probably because they're, um, well, one, the actors are going straight to Netflix because they're seeing that, I guess there's more artistic freedom on Netflix. And those same old gatekeepers in Hollywood, I feel like they're probably, you know, they're losing their touch a little bit. It's like the same formula over and over again. And you're getting the same type of people to say to play the same type of roles. You're just flipping the script a little bit. And basically, if you're not Star Wars or, or somebody from the Marvel or DC series, you're probably not going to have that big of an opening night unless you're like a children's movie or something. So Netflix is about to be that wave. There's going to be a, 
I predict a lot more movie theaters will close down in the next few years because if you can stay at home, I mean, why not? You see what happened to uh, fucking Blockbuster and Hollywood Video. All them shits is gone. Ain't no Be Kind, Rewind, none of that shit. All those old things are they're gone. And it makes me, you know, sad because it was a part of my childhood. But, you know, you got to keep up with the times. I don't know why Blockbuster didn't go digital <laughs> when they when they saw, or maybe they didn't pay attention enough to this Netflix shit. And maybe they didn't. I just didn't realize it because Netflix was already, had already taken over. But I don't know. All I know is they out of here. And, you know, with Redbox and every Yeah, that's what happened to Blockbuster. They got replaced by fucking Redbox. Like, you, you don't even have to talk to a motherfucker now. And we'll, and we'll see what's going on in uh, on the business landscape as people like, you know, Amazon is bringing groceries to your crib. And we've already seen how the effects of that have uh, hit Walmart because now they got, you can do direct grocery pickup at Walmart. So we'll, we'll see what's going on, man. And uh, and I'll just go from that to the financials. Uh, the stock market has been a, been a W. I think what's happening now is that more young people are thinking about stocks and thinking about the money and planning for the future and everything. I think that's excellent. That's what financial literacy is definitely needed, especially in the black community. So that's something that we need to see improve as a community and shit as a nation. People should know where their money's going. People should do research on the things they spend money on to see if they agree with those principles. Now, they'll probably come to find that they don't agree with a lot of shit that's going on, but it's like, okay, what are you willing to ignore in order to get your money or to maintain your, your comfortable lifestyle? So I think the financial, you know, the financial industry overall has done well. The the market has been going up shit since Trump got elected, and it only makes sense. And I'm not going to act like some of the things that Obama put in place didn't allow for this to happen, because if you don't think about that, you're not paying attention. A lot of that shit that Obama put in place allowed for this to happen. But you got to think if you're an investor and you have a Wall Street guy as the president, you know that this guy is going to do what he can to make sure that the people that he would, I guess he would surround himself with, make money. I mean, it's only common sense. Why would he not? Because by protecting them, he's protecting himself, as you've seen with the tax bill that just got passed. Like, why would a billionaire millionaire not do things to benefit other millionaires? Because he's only going to be the president probably for four years. Like, I... I don't see him having another term. I don't know why he would. You know, he, he's already got the ha-ha, I won. You didn't think I could. Now let me go back to getting his money thing down. So I don't know why he wouldn't run again. He's getting older. There's really no reason for him to do it. But, you know, we'll see. The financial side of the coin took a big win. And speaking of coins, the cryptocurrency side of it has been crazy. When I first started looking at this shit, and I said it in a few, a few shows ago, when I first started looking at Bitcoin, it was worth like 600 bucks. In a year's time, that shit jumped up to almost like sixteen, sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars in a year. That's ridiculous. And people got on it late, like I got into it late, and I couldn't even get a whole Bitcoin. I'm not trying to, you know, put my finances out there, but shit, I got a family to feed. I couldn't just throw money at some things that I wasn't really sure on. And I, unfortunately for me, I missed that wave, but I did catch some of that Litecoin and Ethereum when that came out. And I'll plan to capitalize on that some more once I do more research. And there's always new stuff coming out with that. I would just say it to anybody looking into doing it, make sure you do your research. I would focus on, if it was me, I would say focus on a company that's based in the U.S. 
Coinbase seems to be safe, I would probably say go through them because you have to think about if you put your money into that and it doesn't pan out, something goes wrong and you're trying to call somebody, are they in this country? And if they're not in the U.S., it's going to be a lot harder for you to get with that with that company and see about getting your money back. So I'm just saying, do some research, man. Make sure you know what's going on because uh, it's exciting right now. And I, I just I only think that it's going to explode even more come next, you know, come the new year because the streets have found out about Bitcoin. So when these people get their taxes back, if they're smart, instead of buying Jordans and shit and buying a bunch of stupid stuff, they're going to invest that money. And whether it be Bitcoin, it be something else. Just own something. That's my thing. Own something. Try to, if it's one stock, two stocks, if you could buy a piece of a stock, then keep on buying. Just try to own something, man. Because it's, I mean, I've used it. There's been times where I, I bought stock and it made a little bit of money and I sold it and pulled my money right out and used it to pay for something I want. So just try to own something. Um, there's a few apps out there that'll help you out. There's the Acorn app, which will basically round up the money you spend when you swipe your debit card. I think it'll, it'll save up to like $5 and then it'll, It'll buy some stock for you, and it'll, it'll separate it out, and you can decide whether you want to be aggressive, moderate, or if you want to basically play it safe. So um, looking at Acorn, I think Stash is similar. Robin is a good one if you just want to do simple stuff. So um, Robin, you can go in there and buy stocks and just kind of watch it. And then I guess when you get your – when you, my goal is to be able to get on TD Ameritrade, to get on there and be able to buy stocks and do maybe do some day trading at some point. And just, you know, not go crazy, but just, you know, spend a little money to make some money. It's been a cool experience. You know, you put your money aside. You don't even think about it. And if you want to not dip into your savings or not, you know, pull something directly from your paycheck, sell that little bit of stock, get that money back, and, you know, go buy what you want. And it's basically your money that you put over there that make money. Now, like with anything, you are the product. So whatever you put over there, somebody somewhere is making money off of you, but it's convenient. You know, or just save your own money and then go see a stock book and buy some stocks. But just try to own something. That's my main point. So I'll say overall financial side took a, you know, took a W. People who fucked up and didn't know what they were doing and tried to invest, invest obviously took an L. We'll see how this affects small businesses. But I do think the, um, the need for financial literacy is being noticed more. So I will give that a W as well. Now, um, sports. Who won? Who lost in sports? Who's the big winners, big losers? Um, I will say the NFL as a whole has lost, and I didn't think about this before, so I'm I'm, I'm really going off the top of my head with this one. But I think they lost. I think what they did put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, and people have probably stopped watching it from from either side, you know, whether you supported the the protest that happened or whether you you were against it. They lost viewers on both sides, and I think their inability to address the situation correctly in a timely manner only made the situation worse. I think they should have just basically, I think they should let the players be players. Let them be, let them be who they are, let them express themselves like, they worked that hard to get there, so, you know, let them get there. And people, you know, they want to go crazy about the players want this, players want that. Well, like, they want their market share. Like, when you see a guy hold out for more money, 
it's because he's trying to get what his full value is because another player more than likely has been paid an amount greater than him, but that player didn't perform as well as they did. That's when you usually see somebody hold out. Like if a quarterback gets $50 million, but he threw, and say he threw 35 touchdowns, he threw six picks, but the other guy threw 45 touchdowns and only threw like four picks, and the other guy gets a bigger contract than him, then that QB's going to be like, yo, what's up? I'm trying to get paid. Like I, I want to get paid my market, you know, my what my market, uh, what the market is for me. Like, and you can only respect that because I don't think anybody else who does the same job as somebody else wants to get paid a lower wage than them when they outperform them. If you put yourself in that situation, what would you want? So you got to respect people for, you know, trying to get their money's worth. Now, we may think it's an astronomical amount, but again, that's what the market is for that particular job. If you don't like it, you know, get good at throwing a football and you can go argue about your money. But I think the NFL should, you know, support support your um your product, man. If you think about it, like the owners are billionaires over. The issues these guys are talking about don't really expect, affect the owners. So you can't expect them to give a fuck. That's on the surface. But if you really look at it, the issues that affect these players directly affect the owners because it can become a distraction to the players. And now the owners are looking at who they may or may not want to sign. And by them doing that, they may affect the talent on the roster based on some social shit. And the whole thing is, my thing is, if you are putting people out there to do a job for you, you want them at their best. You don't want them having to worry about bullshit. So I feel like the league as a whole could have found a way to make the players, you know, feel like they weren't being targeted for them standing up for something they felt was right. You know, either leave them alone or work with them like they started to now to find a way to give back to the community like they already were, but it was already promoted, you know, pushed out to go get back to the community, but not this specific issue because people saw it as a non-issue. And I think that's what the player's biggest gripe was. Like, it's not a non-issue. This is real. Just because you, oh, I'm a millionaire, whatever, I'm not going through it. It doesn't mean I don't come from that. It doesn't mean I, I, doesn't mean I made it to the league and I stopped having family. It doesn't mean I stopped going to these places where these things happen to visit my family. It's a very real thing, and it affects people everywhere. And a lot of times, people on the other side of the argument don't see it until it affects somebody they know. So I think, you know, as a, as a whole, the NFL took a loss on that by not letting the players be players. They lost some of their viewership. Um, the players, I think, at, in, the, at the end, they, in the end, they kind of won because they got the owners to come together to, t to at least talk about it. The money shit I don't really care about, but it's like, okay, we're, we're going to stop shutting you out and saying what you say isn't important, but we're actually going to meet and discuss and figure out why you feel this way. So I think on that end of it, the players got a W and the league lost. Uh, baseball, I will say they got a big fat W, and uh, that's because the, the Yankees were in the playoffs, the Dodgers were in the playoffs, and the Astros were in the playoffs, and they eventually won the whole thing. But the reason why I say, you know, they won because and I named those specific teams because those are major markets. And any time a, um, a league gets major markets, in you know, uh, in the playoffs, there's a lot of money to be made because you get more people in those areas watching those games. You know, the casual fan may watch the game, the playoff game now because, you know, the, t the, the local team is in the playoffs. And you got to think in, a, in an area 
like say New York City or LA, the casual fan tuning tuning in because all of a sudden they want to root, right? And those are big areas. The population is more dense. So the more people you got watching it, the more revenue you get. You know, the more people attending games, the more merchandise you sell. Because not only do you have the regular season jerseys and hoodies and all that shit, now you have the playoff stuff, which is different and probably costs a little bit more. And not only that, the fr- those franchises win because they're getting more TV revenue because now there's not three or four games on. Now there's one or two games that people are watching. And I think that's a big reason why a lot of, no, no matter what the sport, a lot of people want to play in those big games. It's just like Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night football, where you got all eyes on you. That's what the player, like a lot of the players say, like you playing in front of everybody. You're not just playing somewhere regional. You got all eyes on you. It's like when the NBA has their Sunday games and when they have their Christmas, their holiday games, their Christmas Day games, those are big games because they're nationally televised. Everybody's watching. The same thing with the playoffs. And just with baseball, you got those teams playing, those big markets. They're going to attract more fans. So the Yankees, the Dodgers, Astros probably all got new fans because of that. So I think that's a big win for the MLB. And they haven't, you know, they had a, a little bit of controversy. I think that was mostly last year with the whole um, with the whole uh, spousal abuse shit. So I think that was more last year with a few particular players. So I think that the Major League Baseball as a whole, I think they won this year. And um, so far the NBA, I think the NBA is winning. LeBron's back on track. And with Kyrie leaving and going to Boston, Boston doesn't fall off. They got another superstar over there. They had a star before, but now they got another superstar. And Boston's winning. Um, Philly's looking like something you want to watch. The the Heat are the, my sleeper team in the East. I think they're going to start playing well down the stretch. The Wizards are still there. I don't think they're doing as well as they did last year, but I think they'll be back on track soon. Um, out West, the Rockets are doing their thing. Uh, the Lakers are playing. They have a, They don't win a lot of games, but their games are fun to watch. They're usually competitive, fast-paced. You know, um, the rookies, Killer Coos, Zoe, they're out there doing their thing. Brandon Ingram's playing a different style. He's he's going straight to the rack. Julius Randle's still hungry. JC out there getting buckets. The only team that kind of fell off really is the Clippers. Um, Portland's still balling. And uh, Steph Curry and KD out there killing it. Steph just came back and dropped like 38 on Memphis. So, yeah, I think the league's going to do well. And pretty soon, everything, I mean, baseball ain't back. Football's about to fall off. College football's about to fall off. And so it's just basically college basketball and basketball going to be standing alone for a minute until the baseball season kicks back around. Because hockey's still, I don't think a lot of people are watching hockey. I think it's more regional you know, that it, you know, strictly in the northeast and maybe northwest areas. I think that's where most of their fan base is. So, yeah, I think the NBA as a whole, they, they're winning right now. They're, the losers are of the NBA, I'll say, the, the small market teams, unfortunately, that's going to be that way. It's just That's just the way the league works. They're not going to get as much viewership. People are interested in other shit. But I think around the time that these other sports start falling off the NBA, it'll pick back up as far as being like the main news story in sports. So, for sports, yeah, I think uh, NBA gets a big W right now. And I'm going to give hockey a big fat L because I don't know, as fun as hockey is to watch, like in the playoffs, I can give it like a couple minutes and then I'm off that shit. So, for me, hockey gets L because it 
there hasn't been anything happening that I'm aware of that's caused me to want to really pay attention to hockey. So hockey for me gets a big fat L. And soccer because the fucking U.S. team did not, didn't qualify for the World Cup. So there's that. Big fat L for um fucking hockey and soccer. Um, so I do music now. Some big wins. Uh, I say, well, I don't really listen to rap music, some R&B. So I think it was a fantastic year for the rap music. I said it last time around. There's a, a few good, there's some good albums that came out this year that I actually got a chance to listen to. I know there's more that I haven't even heard. Like I heard Joey Badass's album was supposed to be good, but I haven't got the time to listen to it because it came out. I mean, to be not to be disrespectful, but it was like a blip. Because I think J. Cole came out in the last year. Then Drake came out right after that. Then Kendrick was supposed to come out. He pushed his album back for a week so that Joy could come out. Joy Badass came out. And then before I could even get to listening to it, Kendrick dropped his shit. And he was like a blip on the screen. I know his hardcore fans are probably still going to listen to it. But the album, the way the album, the sequence of the albums that came out was, I'm going to say he kind of got lost in the shuffle. And I, I got it. I'm going to go back and listen to it. And when I finally do, I'll let you guys know how I feel about it. But um, strong work by J. Cole. Good project by Drake. I really like I need to listen to that J. Cole more. Kendrick, in my opinion, put out a fucking classic. Yeah, that's a, he had a big win this year. That His humble and uh, DNA, that shit was everywhere. Like all the sports channels were using it. So I, he did a big win that year. Then Jay-Z came out and gave the world his soul which is something that, something that most people never expected from Jay-Z to get that personal. So he came out and gave his and gave everybody his soul and put it all out there, which I think that he still went over a lot of heads, which he has been doing. Uh, and that's only going to continue because he's only getting older and more successful. So the thing with people who say Jay-Z trash, my nigga, you got to catch up. Me having, luckily, working where I've worked, it put me in a position where I was around a lot of younger people. You know, when you get used to working with people younger than you and older than you, you don't you. It makes you realize the age gaps. You can see where your actions may be immature to some, it may be too mature for others. Like I was in a situation like that. It was like, man, I'm to these cats, I'm a young boy, but to these dudes, I'm an old head. So I'm like, I'm right in the middle. And it it was cool because I got to interact with the younger guys more. And kind of see where their head is at. I had, I mean, I'm having to learn. Like you can't, you you can't fault them for where. I mean, you can't. I can't fault them, but then I gotta remember, like they're young. Their taste is gonna be their taste, and they're not thinking five, six years ahead when their mentality changes. But you know, mumble rap unfortunately had a big year, and I I think that shit's about over. I said it a little while ago. I think Lil Yachty's career is over. I think it's about to be a wrap. I think he, yeah, I think he was the one, cause he was, the, he was the one everybody was buzzing about when he was, you know, when he was talking this shit and making all the ridiculous videos, talking about older rap, and then he went back and fucking listened to it and had to shut the fuck up. And he's like, okay, now nah, I kind of, I get it now. I shouldn't have said that. He had to backtrack, and then he put his own album out, and people didn't really fucking buy it. It didn't do what people thought it was gonna do. So I'm pretty sure his career is over. Kudos to him for getting that deal, and um. With, was it Sprite with Sprite and then Nautica and I mean I don't want to see any black man fail 
But there's like, what is the cost of your success? Is one of the things I gotta think about. But I, I hope, hopefully, you know, for his sake, he can keep on doing what he needs to do to be successful. If he keeps making music, hopefully he puts more lyrics behind it. It don't have to be, and when I say put lyrics behind it, I'm not expecting everybody to go out to be black thought. It's cool to have party music, but just at least, at least if you're going to be talking about bullshit, at least make it make sense. At least make have it make sense and be authentic and don't make people feel stupid while listening to it. But he of all, like not even like the little Uzi Vert who has the most cutoff verse of the year, and I say the cutoff verse of the year is because anytime I hear Bad and Bougie, they cut that shit off right before his verse comes on. But even so more than Uzi Vert, I think Yachty's name was out there. And then as the year progressed, that shit just, just went away. So, you know, maybe he'll come back. Maybe I think he has a project coming out soon. I know I won't be getting it. But if you do, enjoy. Cool for you. Um, As a whole, though, I feel like Mumble Rap kind of won for it. They won a little bit this year. But the real, I would say the more artistic rappers made a statement as in Cole, Drake, um, Kendrick definitely, and uh, Jay-Z I was talking about, he put out a really good project. And with with that, I'll say, I think, speaking about Jay-Z, I think Tidal took a big win this year because of the way they expanded their platform and everything they do. And I'm a, I guess I'm just a loyal Tidal subscriber. I don't know anybody else who has this shit, but I know that somebody else has it. But I think it's a really good uh, streaming service. And if you want to get, like, you know, the full scope of the media, get the interviews, there's, like, podcasts they do there, like, little short films, documentary. They do tour documentaries. I think if you want to get, like, the full scope of of everything that's going on, I would check out Tidal. I don't know if they got, like, a trial subscription or some shit you could do, but I would check it out because the way, just the way it's designed is sleek. They have playlists made already, like, sometimes made by the artists put out there. Certain artists exclusive, so I, I highly recommend um, checking out Tidal. And they have, they have like a family plan, and they have like the regular plan, and then they have the high fidelity um, plan. That's the one I got with the, with the, the high fidelity HD sound. I think that's just dope. And I didn't think I was gonna like it at first, and I'm like twenty dollars a month. That's a lot, but I was spending that much on iTunes, so I guess it just it kind of circumvented me for spending that money. And now I put it on tight. I just download shit off there and hold it. And then when I don't want it, just get rid of it. But I think overall it's a pretty good service. So big win for Jay-Z with his album and that company as a whole. So great music, good product, good job. Big Crit put out another, put out a fantastic album. And Saha the Prince put out one right at the end, which is dope. It got, it's got a lot of buzz out there. Also, Jeezy dropped too. And uh, he dropped the album called Pressure. I just got around to really like listening to most of it the other day. And I what I'll say about it is that it's a Jeezy album. You could take that however you want, depending on how you feel about it. You know, like it, I think it's fantastic. Like I I dig it because I mean it's Jeezy. It's what I want to hear when I listen to Jeezy. Like that's what I want. I don't want to hear him try to do no other extra shit. I want him to bring raw energy. Talking about the street stuff and then how to deal with your money outside of the street stuff. That That's what I want to hear when I listen to Jeezy. So I think Pressure overall is a good album. And the thing I, he did that I liked is that he had um, some of the younger artists on there. He had YG on there. 
he had Kodak Black on there, and he had T Grizzly on there. And I think that it's cool that he did that because one thing we don't think about as older guys is when we when we bash these we bash these younger rappers. It's like obviously we don't have you know contact with them, and some of the other rappers, the older rappers that bash them, they could probably get in touch with these guys. I think it's cool that somebody who has the respect level of Jeezy, instead of shitting on him, saying that, you know, your music is trash, whatever, him kind of being, having to go through that same experience, he reached out and tried to help build the artist up. You know, he reached out and said, hey, you know, did the, pulled the OG move, like, hey, make sure you're moving right, because, you know, honestly, more people want to see you fall than see you win. So, I, you know, shout out to Jeezy for that, because a lot, we need that more, that mentorship, and uh, I think overall, it's just a good look, man. Apparently, he showed up at Kodak Black's house when he got out of jail. And you don't hear about that that often. And I think that we need that, like, to keep our young guys successful and everything. Just, you know, somebody to kind of, for them to look up to directly that they know gives a fuck about them. That don't want shit from them. Because nine times out of ten, everybody they got around them like, yes, man. So for Jeezy to do that, I think that's big. To, and I think it's going to set an example I hope it sets an example for other rappers who've been out here, you know, other veterans in the game who've been out here for a while. Hopefully, instead of us killing these young kids for doing what they're doing, we we look at them and be like, "Bro, I see what you, I see what you're doing. You're moving. Let me help you with this. Let me make you aware of this so that you don't make the same mistakes that I did and other guys did." So I think that's cool. I think Jeezy gets a win for coming through at the end of the year, dropping the album, and then going on to the, uh, these platforms and like the Breakfast Club, like the Everyday Struggle, and doing these interviews and making the people doing the interviews shut up and they just listened to him and got his perspective because it it made me stop and think, yeah, I'm calling this cast music trash and saying I wish and I wish he would stop rapping. And it's not even that. I just wish motherfuckers would improve. And then Jeezy basically said, you know, this hip-hop shit, this music shit is the new streets. It's a new hustle to these kids. You know, I feel like it's a double-edged sword. Like, if you're going to, because my thing is, if you're going to get into it, get into it and go hard with it, you know, and try to be the best at it. But they're looking at getting paid. It's the next flip. I got to put out X amount of mixtapes, X amount of songs, so I can go on tour and make this money. Because it's like, they may know that we don't like their music, but they are thinking somebody their age is listening to it, and then they're getting that money, so they're feeding people. And that's the part of it I wasn't looking at. So even though it's like a double-edged sword, you know, we all need party music. Hopefully it gets a little better artistically. But more importantly, I guess these cats need to feed their family. So hopefully, you know, they maneuver and, and they mature in the game and they want to open up doors for other people. Shout out to Jeezy for doing the help and show these cats the way. Also, um, big win for Cardi B. I don't really listen to her music, but I'm not going to sit there in front like I could escape Bodak Yellow, <laughs> so big win for Cardi B this year. Hopefully, she she comes back and does her thing. And um, speaking to Cardi B, I want to just say something to to any female that listens to it. It's like I I understand, you know, Cardi B made the fun record, and I love to see women hear this record and listen to it because, like, y'all looking power, y'all really feeling what she's saying, and, and that's cool. But if y'all going to support her, support Rhapsody. 
if y'all know who she is. And if you don't know who she is, go listen to her music. She got an album out called, the album's called Layla's Wisdom. Her name's Rhapsody. Check out. Because y'all already forgot about Remy Ma when she, when she came out in this nigga. Y'all already forgot about her. Like I said, like I knew it was going to happen in three weeks. Y'all forgot about that shit. And uh, Nikki has been on features and Shane put some shit out. So go fuck with somebody who actually got a whole album out, right? Go check out Rhapsody. She's dope. Just uh, listen to it. Like, I understand, you know, support Cardi B and all that. That's cool. Magnificent. But go check out somebody a little bit different. You know, that's all I would say about that. And I, I think I'm going to shut it down with that. It's the end of the year, you know. Uh, I ain't doing no reviews, none of no spotlight, none of that shit. But I will say for myself, I'm going to call this year a win. I, and I witnessed the birth of my second child, which is something that, you know, that can never be topped. So for overall, for me, this was a win. I did some, I achieved a couple of accolades at work. Also a win. And I just, I've managed to settle down my life a little bit out here in uh, Southern California. And I look forward to to staying out here for as long as I can, unless I can go back to Florida, which will be great. But if I can't be there, I want to be here. I was just talking to my old lady, like, thinking like, damn, I made it to a spot in life where I can, Check out, I can walk off, look out of my balcony, and I can look at Mexico. I live in a decent neighborhood with decent people, and there's, it's an up-and-coming neighborhood. And to me, that's big because I remember being back in Jacksonville, Florida, like, damn, trying to get out my mama's crib out in uh, fucking Abington Square, or what's called the Atrium. It's off Townsend Boulevard and Mill Road, across from Eagles Point, wherever that is. <laughs> if Whatever street that is, I, I might have forgot. But I remember living there and, you know, just one day like, damn, I want to live in like Spicewood Springs or, or um, what was it called? Uh, was it Gregory Cove or, or Sundance Point or some shit like that? Or I want to live in the Colonnade. I want to live in Kendall Court over by Walmart. <laughs> uh, Thomas Chase. I just remember not having, you know, the funds to do that shit. And looking at these apartment complexes, like, damn, I just want to get out and live out, you know, and live in one of these places. Because I, to me, that was that was nice. It was just to live in an apartment complex across from Regency Mall or apartment complex um, off University was the shit. It's like, that's where, I, that's where I want to live. I feel like that would be a big, I felt like at the time that would be a huge jump in life. And then, you know, lo and behold, I went and did what I did. I ended up surpassing that. And I've been bouncing around. I've seen the world for the most part. And I'm currently out here in Southern California. But I, I'll never forget that feeling of, you know, being in a situation where I was going to have to share a room with my aunt, living in my mother's place, to making it to the point I'm at, I'm at now. And I, I ain't even far. I'm, at, I'm, I'm living decently. And I'm looking at like, damn, I, had a, I wanted to get into that apartment, but I'm in a way nicer place now. And now, now the next step for me is ownership. Eventually, I want to own something. I want to get a, a house or a condo or something. So it's just me taking the steps and me being appreciative throughout every year, not just 2017, which was a good year for me. I had my child. I've done well at work. Um, started this damn podcast. Hopefully, I can keep it going. I'm doing this again with you guys. 
at the end of 2018. If I'm not doing this in 2018, hopefully I'm doing something a little bit better. Hopefully I'm not in Studio A, uh, which is my lovely four-door sedan. Hopefully I move to stu Studio B, which is my dining room table. No, nah, I'm just fucking with you. Hopefully I move into a studio somewhere or I, you know, achieve a better setup. But, you know, for now, I'm, I'm content with where I'm at and I'm happy knowing that I plan to keep going forward. And I will look back, but it's only so I don't trip going forward, if that makes sense. So um, with that, yeah, man, ain't no review. If you want to review it a year, listen to the wrap-up, either by Skills or Uncle Murder or Lenny Grant, however he's going by, whatever name he's going by now, comes out, I think, every, it comes out every year. I think it's going to come out, I don't know if it's coming out at midnight or it's going to come out before that, but listen to the wrap-up. It's usually pretty funny. Skills, done one. Skills does his, he's been doing it for years, formerly known as Mad Skills, but he's a rapper who basically sums up the year in one song and hits on every little thing. And he's been doing it for like a long fucking time. I think more than 10 years. And then um, Uncle Murder, if you can tell by his name, um, his is usually, he does the same thing. He basically Debo uh, skills of shit, which he said in the joint last year. But he does the same thing, but his is, is a lot more raw, a lot more street. It's funnier. They're both pretty, they're both very good, both informative. If you want to get, you know, the entertaining rundown of what happened this year. So I advise you to go check both of those out. And bring your new year. I mean, if you listen to this, you brought your new year in safe. So continue to make good choices in the new year. I wish you the best. Leave it better than how you got it. There's three things you can do as you age. That's live, learn, and love. Do all three of those. And your 2018 should be great. Hopefully mine is. Peace. Yo, my bad. One more thing. Came into the New Year wrong. Still forgetting shit. But if you need to contact me, hit me at noplayingthisride at gmail.com. Once again, that's noplayingthisride at gmail.com. All lowercase. If you had fun and did some wacky shit over the uh, holiday, please send me pictures. I like to laugh and shit like that. Or if you got the story, just tell me the story. Send it to me, man. Uh, also on Twitter, noplay247 at Twitter. That's capital N, lowercase O, capital P L A Y. No play 247. Help me get my Twitter popping. And there's a couple things I forgot to mention. Real quick, um, my Jags are in the playoffs, man, and they're doing good. They sold out the tickets in like minutes. Then they opened up, I think, like 3,000 or 300 or some, some big number. They opened up more tickets, and them shit sold out in minutes. So shout out to my man, Bombay, for letting me, um, for letting me know what's going on because I completely missed this shit. Yeah, and it's, a, it's, a, it's big for me to big up the hometown, even though I'm out here in Southern, Southern, sunny Southern California. I still rep the home team. And speaking of me being in, southern, in sunny Southern California, San Diego to be exact, let me know what's going on with this San Diego hip-hop scene. I want to know what's going on so I can talk about it. Maybe I can come out to the show. Maybe I can meet some people, get in with the community, and then with me putting it on here, maybe somebody will listen to it that wasn't listening to it before. So please, if you're in San Diego, let me know. Also, one thing I forgot to address. The ladies are complaining about these $25 diamond rings and necklaces and shit. This is, this is my thing. People say love don't cost a thing. It's not about the money and all that. And I understand some people feel like you should spend that money on that ring because it's an investment. Look, the only investment you got in, <laughs> into getting anybody's gift is the thought behind it. So if somebody appreciates, if somebody doesn't appreciate the shit you give them, fuck them, move on. 
she complaining about the price of a ring, fuck her, move on. Because what she should be concerning herself with is your time. You know what I mean? So, ladies, hey, I love y'all, but until y'all are responsible for buying shit, you got to keep your mouth closed on this one. If you don't like it, be mad at me. No play 247 at Twitter. No this right at gmail.com. I love y'all. Let's get into the new year right. Peace.